Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Every real and lasting relationship is built on trust. And our relationship with God is no different. We are saved by grace, which is the power or resources of heaven granted to us through the marriage covenant that we have with Jesus. It is also favor, the favor that we obtain by way of the same. And lastly, grace is divine influence by definition, which we gain through access to fellowship with the Holy Spirit as we commune with him, as we abide with the one that we have chose to make our eternal husband. And I remind you again that the new covenant of the New Testament of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a marriage covenant. And if you understand the way God worked with Israel throughout history, it was always meant to be such. We are called to be the bride of Christ. And it is because of our relationship with him that we gain access and right to all of these things that I mentioned above, all of these aspects of grace, all of these resources and riches of his Father's kingdom. That's what grace really is. It is the benefit of being in marriage covenant with the Son of God. But how do we get this great grace But this concept seems like something so far away. So how do we get this great grace? God makes it very simple for you, my friend. You get it by faith. But wait, because faith is more than just believing. As James tells us in the scriptures, remembering that James was the physical brother of Jesus. Of course, we know the story of Mary and the angel and Jesus and how he was born of immaculate conception. But Mary and Joseph did get married after the birth of Jesus. And they did have more children between the two of them. And James was one of them. He spent all of his life with Jesus. So what he had to say is very important. And he said, don't be vain. Just because you believe in who Jesus was, doesn't mean you're saved. He said, even the demons believe and they tremble. The key is that they were never changed by what they believed. Because even though they believed in him, they didn't trust in him. So I'm here to bring you a little bit clearer, deeper, more full understanding of what faith really is. Yes, belief is encompassed in that definition, but it's more than just a belief. It is a trust in him, in his teachings, in the leading of his spirit daily in what he spoke and is speaking, in his love and his faithfulness. In John chapter 2, verse 23, we read that many believed in Jesus because of the miracles that he performed, but still Jesus did not commit himself to them. The word that was translated to commit in this passage in the original Greek means to put his trust or confidence in like the commitment of a relationship. In other words, they trusted in him, but he didn't trust in them. He knew that their heart was for what he could give them, but not really for him. 
Therefore, when the miracle's physical blessings and good times of the relationship ended, he knew they would leave him. They were not in this for better or for worse, just for the better. And he would not commit to that kind of a relationship. That's not the bride that he chooses. So now we can see more clearly what Jesus really meant when he told his disciples that they didn't choose him, but he chose them. In a time when they might have doubted their own ability, he gives them a sermon on loving others and loving him and staying with him in abiding fellowship and then tells them that he chose them. In other words, he was saying, I trust you. How powerful is that? Jesus is looking for people that are committed, for lasting relationships, for those who he knows will love him and others for the long haul. In sickness and in health, for richer or for poorer, for better or for worse, till death and then in whatever comes next. He's looking for those who are committed. He doesn't marry everyone who calls him theirs. He himself said this. He said, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father in heaven, those who are committed to be submitted like a bride. In other words, he marries those who he knows he can trust. Those who have a desire to love and to serve and to commit and to endure. And that takes trust. So no, faith is not just believing. Faith is trusting. You see, you can believe in someone and still not obey them, just like the demons. Because you can believe in yourself or someone else more. But if you trust them, you will listen. You will be gladly submitted. You will be committed to him and his commandments. You will run to his presence. You will wait upon his faithfulness. If you trust him with all that you are, he will trust to give you all that he is. All of the resources of the Father's kingdom. He will choose you to be his beloved and all that goes with it. It is a relationship that is built upon trust. That is what faith really is. So do you truly trust him? We read in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, that for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous to us. Again, if we trust him, it won't be grievous to keep his commandments. We'll do it knowing that it is the best thing for us, and that it will work out for our good in the end. We have a faith, a trust in his love for us and his goodwill towards men. You see, every person has the opportunity. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said that he came to save and not to condemn. He actually came to save those who are already condemned. 
So you might say, I've never been a trustworthy person. That means he can't use me. He doesn't want me. He won't choose me. No, you have to have enough faith, enough trust in him to come to him and say, God, I am not this, but I know that nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is impossible. You can crucify this flesh and this old man and everything I've ever been. It can be put to death with you right now. I believe it. And you can raise me up a new creature in Christ. You can put your spirit within me. His spirit will produce his character. Jesus said, you will know the tree by the fruit. The fruit will tell you the source of the root. The root is the spirit. The fruit is the character, the very character of Jesus. We read it in Ephesians, love, joy, gentleness, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. All of these things that we know were the character of Jesus and are the character of God. And if it's not the character of us, then we've got to come to him to get it. We need his spirit. So we come today, Lord, and we say, this is not who we are, but we want to be chosen. We desire to please you, Lord. So come and please forgive us. We take responsibility for our failures and our sins. We have not been obedient. We have not been faithful brides. Whatever the situation, you know the sins of your life, the unfaithfulness to God. Whatever that situation is, own up to it like David did and confess it to him. God, I'm sorry I trusted in other things, in substances, in humans, in doctrines of demons. Oh Lord, whatever the situation, I'm trying to help you today to pray, to know what to say, to bring a confession before the Lord in faith and say, God, I need you to forgive me, to cleanse me with your blood and to fill me with your spirit and to help me to produce the good fruits of righteousness so that you can trust me. I want to be trustworthy. I want to be a bride. I want to be committed because you were committed even unto the cross and beyond it. Death, burial, and resurrection, all of it was to prove to us, was to prove to me personally, each one listening, that he loved you. He was willing to die to prove it to you, that he's committed for the long haul. You can trust him. Can he trust you? Lord, we are nothing in and of ourselves. But I truly believe that you are faithful and you are able. We release everything, every worry, every fear, every vain imagination, everything that we think we understand or can accomplish. We lay it all down at the feet of Jesus and we receive of your spirit and allow it to lead us and teach us. Oh, speak clearly to us. Reveal your truth through your word, O Lord. And like any true relationship that takes commitment, You can't just say some words and then walk away from it. You're going to have to spend time abiding, like Jesus said. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you and you remain in my words and my words remain in you, then you will produce much fruit. But if you don't, you will dry up. You will be cut off and you will be cast into the fire. You have to come and abide. You have to visit. You have to live with him daily in fellowship, in prayer, in worship, in his word. You have to spend time with your spiritual husband. You can't go off and live your own life and make your own decisions and act like a single person and still say that you're committed. You give all that up when you become the bride of Jesus. 
And that's what he's looking for in the heart. That's why he didn't commit to those in the passage that we read at the start of this message. He didn't commit to them because he knew they weren't committed to him. They were just in it for what they could get. They were selfish. And love is selfless. So God, we want to love like that. We want to be a bride. We want to abide. Give us the drive, the very spirit of God. We need the grace, the power, the favor, the divine influence that comes when we choose to be in marriage covenant. We receive it and we thank you for it. Now, if you have prayed these prayers today, the Lord has made it available to you. But it's up to you to maintain. You have to choose to come and to abide, to open up the word of God, to put some worship on and honor him, to sit in the quiet in his presence and listen, to visit, to go to church and not forsake the assembling of the brethren together, to obey his commands, to submit like a bride does to her husband. This is where you choose if you're going to be a bride and let him lead you. Or if you're going to be a proud adulteress like the culture teaches us and try to stand against and trust your own plans and ambitions, make your own decisions and usurp your husband. He won't put up with it. He won't commit. Because you're not committed. We are the bride of Christ. He is the bridegroom. And we are ever preparing ourselves for the marriage supper of the Lamb. There is a place at that table for you. But you're going to have to humble yourself to make it. You're going to have to be committed. You're going to have to trust Him and not your own vain imaginations. Your plots, your plans, your ambitions, your desires, your lust, even your good intentions. It's all ashes. You've got to read his word and submit to your spiritual husband and trust that he knows what is best for us. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.